On today's show, we're going to be talking about everybody's lovable and cuddly cryptid, Bigfoot. Each year, there are hundreds of Bigfoot sightings across the country. Some people devote their lives to the pursuit of the creature. Now, I know some people call it Yeti, some people call it Sasquatch, some people call it the North American Wood Ape. Whatever you have you, that's what we're going to be talking about today. I don't know if you guys remember this, and I'm certainly old enough to remember this. There was a movie that came out called Harry and the Hendersons, and um, it's funny. It had John Lithgow and um, I think a few other people that may or may not be uh, big stars. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The thing I remember the most is they, this family is out in the woods, and, and they're driving around, and uh, for some reason or other, hijinks ensues, and their dad hits a hairy object while he's driving. So, of course, family gets out, they walk in front of the car, and they find that there is a, I think that's how it went, there's a huge, you know, Bigfoot hairy person um, and then of course it's very funny comedy they they stick the Bigfoot on their car because it's passed out they take him home anyway long story short it's a real good feel good movie um, they bring this thing home they find out it's very difficult for them and and uh, to bring him into the home and destroys it but I think the most poignant part of that movie was at the very end and if you haven't seen it, it I recommend seeing it just for the joy of it but also because at the very end they inevitably realize they've got to take Harry back to the woods. And uh, so they do. And as Harry looks back and says, you know, the, the teary goodbye, uh, he starts walking into the forest. And lo and behold, a whole bunch of movement happens. And there's several Bigfoot, big feet, big hairy people, whatever have you, there to greet him, which obviously is his family. And they walk away. Now, while that may have been just a feel-good movie, I think if if there is such a thing of a cryptid like this, sure they would have to have family. I mean, how else would they how else would they procreate? How would they how would they evolve? So, yeah. So, living out in Missouri, um there there is so much out here that is undiscovered. Um, you know, I, without getting into too much, there's so much woods out here that uh, oftentimes the news reports that they find uh, people have found while hiking, you know, meth labs, stuff like that. But there's also, you know, real paranormal things that are being discovered. Um, so I, I kind of come back to uh, I don't know if you ever watched the low files. I do. I I. I really like Rob Lowe. I think he's a great guy, but he takes his boys out and does paranormal studies and, and things of that nature. But they go out and they, they're exploring for Bigfoot or the wooded ape. And um, they settle at one point 200 miles in the Ozark uh, woods. So explain the Bigfoot thing. To so, me. Sorry, I apologize. The wood ape. Wood, thank you. <laughs> um, we found ourselves 200 miles in the Ozark Mountains where no human being would ever be at three o'clock in the morning oh. surrounded by creatures that were making this noise which was kind of like they're moving they're moving around us dude this is not good this is gnarly 
and they hear all kinds of stuff. Now, it has been well noted that the natives from this area encountered these uh, these people. Um, I say people loosely. I mean, they stood straight up. I don't know, cryptid. Uh, at any rate, they they there's very well documented um, sites that they have found where um, I think at one point they thought that there was a burial. And at this burial site, there were bones discovered that were not of this uh, this earth, or I shouldn't say of this earth. They were not human. Uh, and that was in a very, very small community south of Cuba, Missouri. And that place is called Steelville. And uh, I think a boy went out camping, found this spot, dug up these bones, brought it back, uh, brought it to a doctor. And the doctor obviously said, hey, whoa, wait a minute. This is not... A human bone, um, but it had human type bones. And I think the story goes is that it was on display for a while and then evidently ends up at the Smithsonian. And uh, of course, who knows what happens to it then. But uh, but that wasn't too terribly long ago. And it's it's very interesting that just in the woods here where I live, you know, arguably there is some folklore and some stories behind having such a such a cryptid. Now, of course, you know, it's not just in this area. This is a very worldwide phenomenon. The Air Nevada Mountains to investigate mysterious noises reported by a bewildered group of hunters. What their microphone picks up becomes the first of a series of recordings now known as the Sierra Sounds. <laughs> And excuse me, but I think a lot of a lot of people say, well, you know, we've been hunting for this thing for so long. Um, you know, why haven't we come across it? Well, kind of have. I mean, we've we've got some video out there. Arguably, a lot of it is is probably falsified. And we have we have some hardcore physical evidence in footprints and and hairs and things like that. And of course, Anybody can can claim one thing and, and they can claim that it's it's an abominable or whatever it is. But, you know, granted, we don't have their DNA to really find. And a lot of the times uh, the DNA from these things is found to be not of of a Bigfoot uh, genome. So, you know, of course, up in the Pacific Northwest, you have the the very well documented or at least very um very well known Bigfoot. Um, and of course, it's been years and years and years that this particular cryptid has been around. Um, and of course, you have the Yeti, um, and then you've got Yowie. You've got a whole bunch of different names for this. But um, it's an interesting, it's a very interesting cryptid to think about because, you know, you could talk about, you know, your Loch Ness, you can talk about your, oh, Gosh, even where I'm from, you know, you've got uh, the the bird that would fly in the tombstone area, um, chupacabra. I mean, there are so many different cryptids out there. But I think of all the ones that are out there, this is the one that I probably believe in the most. And I'll qualify that because I think that there's a very good chance that there is such a cryptid out there because we if you don't believe in evolution that's fine if you're if you're a create if you believe in creation type uh, background that's also fine 
it doesn't really matter. If you believe God created us all, then you believe that it could not be that God also created this creature. And if you believe in Darwinism and you follow that path, too, and you think at some point this is where humanity evolved. I mean, I don't think they're mutually exclusive, which is which is important to state that because I don't want to take anybody's beliefs, uh, you know, haphazardly. But I personally think that if if whether God created us or whatever being created us, I think that there could have been a path in which this this being existed. And a lot of people say, well, why haven't we come across it? You know, we've been on this planet for you know billions of years and, and whatever have you. But. First of all, what's to say we haven't? Second of all, what makes you think they want anything to do with us? I mean, if have you seen us lately? I mean, if I was a if I was a a cryptid that was smart enough to go, man, these guys are nuts because we are we are nuts, plain and simple, and that's that's our cross to bear, and that's our that is our problem. But why would we want? Why would they want to talk to us? I mean, there. Everybody says, "Well, there is so much congestion in the cities, and and we don't running out of room." I beg to differ. If you drive from Tulsa, Oklahoma to St. Louis, which is the I forty four corridor, you're gonna find it is not as populated as you think. And if you drive from Kansas City, Missouri, all the way to Denver, you're gonna have a whole lot of room in between. Granted, the cities are packed, of course, but there's still a lot of room. And in that room, guaranteed, there is a lot of spots that we have not gone to or just don't go to that often. And I think that's where these beings like to live. And I think that if there is such a thing as is cryptid, um, that, that's their milieu. That's their wheelhouse because they don't want anything to do with us. So, you know, you got that argument. And I think another argument that I find interesting, I don't I don't personally believe in. Um, So that's a little bit of a double edged sword. I do believe in in alien life. I do believe that there's zero point zero chance that if if we exist on this planet the way we are now, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that life has to exist somewhere else. It's a mathematical certainty. Now, that is my personal opinion. But having that personal opinion, um, I do believe that there are, are beings that have visited us, maybe are with us, could be anywhere. We have no idea. If they got to us, they're smarter than us, and that's just how it is. So they could probably hide in whatever they want. Heck, they could have given us all the technology that we're using right now to talk. Who knows? It is what it is. Maybe, maybe Steve Jobs was an alien. Maybe, I mean... I mean, look at that stuff. I mean, you look at Elon Musk. That is one dude that could very well be an alien because he's interesting. But anyway, I, I digress a little bit. So there's an argument that aliens utilize a a costume or a a way to move about using the Bigfoot suit. So so it's sort of like their armor. So I guess lack of better words these aliens are using bigfoot skin to hide themselves i would think they'd probably use something a little bit easier to to, to c- 
combined with us. I mean, if you're an alien species and you come down here to check us out, I think if you throw on a big suit or a Bigfoot suit and jump in in Times Square, you're going to get noticed even in Times Square. So I'd like to think that if there is such a thing as, as alien beings visiting us and, and roaming around our streets and are with us, they're definitely not wearing a Bigfoot suit. Personal opinion to each his own. So there's that part. Um, no, I don't think that's the case, but I do think that there are a lot of things that, that are spotted around this cryptid. Um, you know, let's, let's break it down for what it is. It is a large humanoid creature. Okay, I know just in my experience being being in the military and being around a lot of people, there are some people out there that are just different. Um, I I know of a guy I served with who was, I think he was, gosh, he's almost seven foot tall. Um, He literally looked like he was wearing a carpet when he took his shirt off, you know, because we had open base showers. He saw more than people what you wanted to. Um, but he was one hairy individual. And uh, I love him to death, but he wasn't the brightest either. Um, and again, I'm not saying that, that if there is such a thing as Sasquatch or a Bigfoot, that they're they're somehow dumb and lack intelligence. I'm just saying that if this was a Bigfoot, he absolutely was lacking in intelligence. Um, but anyway, uh, genetics are interesting. Could there be a a set of subhuman or humanoid creatures out there that have this hairy affliction? Okay, or uh, could they be? I mean, let's take this for just a second, and this is probably going to be a little difficult to hear. Maybe they're smarter than us. That's scary. Maybe they've seen enough of us to go. I don't want anything to do with those people. Nothing. And maybe they're smart enough to, to keep their distance. I mean, we are so, we got our heads so far up our fifth point of contact that we think we're the smartest beings in any given situation. What if we're not? I'm betting that there's gonna be some times that if you flip the coin, we're not the smartest. That just is what it is. I like to think I have very good intelligence, but even I have many times where I go, wow, what in the heck was I thinking? Um, what if they're smarter and they're keeping a distance from us? Maybe they they have all kinds of different ways to, to have a colony out there or civilization. Why do we auto, automatically arbitrarily think that colonization and and being a citizen of, of something means you have to be that advanced to where there's, there's lights and roads and everything. Maybe they're a colony and they get along just fine. They can hunt, they can eat, they can, they can find water, they move about. It's very possible. It's extremely possible. And you think of all the places where some of these have been seen. You know, you look at uh, Washington State. There's so much Washington State that people can't get to. It's heavily wooded. Um, and I think even Yeti, if I remember correctly, try to think of the area where it's from. But it is absolutely so it's, it's in the Himalayas, right? So the Himalayas, if you don't know anything about it, yeah, there's a lot of it that's uninhabitable for us. It's 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 a it's a wonderland of winter, folks. At 17 and a half thousand feet, Everest Base Camp is a ragged collection of tents on a moon-like sea of boulders. 
near here is where Shipton took his remarkable photograph. The image that started the West's obsession with the Yeti. It was late in the afternoon on November the 8th, 1951, and Shipton and the expedition's doctor, Michael Ward, were working on a glacier a couple of miles from here. And then suddenly they came across a set of huge footprints that went away from them down the glacier, and it left them completely mystified. The mystery footprints were about 12 inches long and five inches wide. Shipton even had the presence of mind to use his own ice axe to give a sense of scale. Bear or a yak, the only animals that could even conceivably be on a glacier at this altitude. But the Sherpas knew exactly what they were, Yeti footprints. You're not getting to it. You're not moving about very easily. So why couldn't a snowman exist there? Um, you know, all of this is very likely in my personal opinion. Um, I think it's is very it's very dumb of us to think that this couldn't exist. Um, and I'm trying to choose my words cautiously because I, if there are young people listening, I don't want that to be an issue. Um, but I think if if we are so destined to think that that it's just us out there, one of these days we are going to run across these folks. And I say folks loosely, we're going to run across this being and maybe this being will have enough of us. I'd hate to think what could happen there. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's a good thing they haven't stumbled upon us. And maybe it's a good thing that that there is some separatism between us. Um, but I do believe in it. And I do think that there is such a thing or there's a possibility of this cryptid. I just don't think it's in the way we Hollywood and even some of these paranormal shows depict it. Um, I think it's still a, a subset of human and they don't want anything to do with us. And that's got to be OK. We, we can't be so uh, hypocritical to think that we could ostracize one group of people and not want to be around them and think that maybe these these human beings or humanoid beings are in the same boat. They've checked us out. We don't measure. We don't check out. We're not good. They want nothing to do with us. Maybe that's okay. Hey, appreciate you guys watching or listening. Um, hopefully next week we have some more. I have some ideas. Um, I'm going to keep it to myself. But uh, yeah, next week may be a doozy. It's a little bit of a short one this week. And, um, you know, We'll try to keep them. Or I like to try to keep them pretty much around the 25, 30 minute mark. I'm thinking next week's may go a little bit over. So at any rate, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll check you later.